0: It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Monday, March 6th. I'm Kelly Reese and this is your KVMR Evening News. After the California report, we'll hear the latest in national native news. In the 60s, Lake County in Montana agreed to provide law enforcement to the Flathead Reservation. But county officials have now pulled out, saying taxpayers can no longer foot the bill. Up ahead, details on a new state law that seeks to negotiate law enforcement funding on the reservation. Then we'll look at local news and weather before we revisit today's winter storm response press conference. We'll hear from both Brandon Sanders, who's with Pacific Gas and Electric Sierra Division, and Western Propane Gas Association representative Dave Sarantopoulos.
1: This is the California Report. I'm Maddie Bolaños in San Francisco. The California task force studying reparations for descendants of slavery is moving closer to finalizing its recommendations. They would repair decades of actions that disproportionately disadvantaged Black residents. KQED's Annalise Finney has more from the task force meeting that took place this weekend in Sacramento.
0: As part of its recommendations, the state reparations task force is considering dozens of policy proposals. One is to repeal or amend Prop 209, a California law that prohibits policies that benefit or discriminate against any specific racial group. It was originally passed in 1996 and was reaffirmed by voters in 2020. At the meeting, Task Force member Donald Tamaki laid out why Prop 209 makes it difficult to address racial inequality.
2: Obviously, this thing was created by hate
3: and racism, and now you can't consider race to fix it.
0: The task force's final recommendations are due to the legislature this June. For the California Report,
1: I'm Annalise Finney. We've been bringing you stories in partnership with KVPR about the closure of Madera County's only hospital. Last month, KQED health correspondent Leslie McClurg explained why half of California's hospitals are losing money every day and why more are expected to close. The pandemic created the perfect storm to bankrupt hospitals. In
2: the beginning, facilities scrambled to build specialized COVID units. Very sick patients stayed much longer than usual. During surges, a lot of hospitals depended on travel
1: nurses who can charge $300 an hour. It all added up. The closure of Madera Community Hospital in late December has left thousands of people without access to regular checkups, emergency services, and specialized care. The largely rural Madera County sits west of Yosemite. Since the start of the year, Madera County residents have been forced to travel outside county lines for hospital care. Now, the nearest hospital for residents is 20 miles away in Fresno. KVPR's Esther Quintanilla visited one resident who's struggling to get the treatment she needs. Amelia Guzman
4: lives in a small, dimly lit apartment in downtown Madeira. In her living room is a wooden mantle that holds a row of shining gold trophies for soccer and track and field. With a big smile on her face, she proudly tells me her children won the awards in school growing up. Guzman's a single mom and says she did her best to provide for her three teenagers. But things have gotten harder in the last few years. In 2019, she collapsed while working in the garlic fields.
5: The doctor ran some
2: tests, and I was diagnosed with early-stage breast cancer. I started chemotherapy right away.
4: Her oldest son started door-dashing to help pay the bills.
2: My kids... They always told me not to
4: worry about the money and just focus on recovery. After a few long months of treatments and surgeries, Guzman went into remission. She still takes medications and monitors her symptoms. Guzman used to be within walking distance of her treatment. Sometimes her son would drive her. It would take about five minutes. Now to get to the doctor she needs to see, that drive is at least 40 minutes, and she's not been able to make it in for an ultrasound. I'm hoping to reach five
2: years in remission. The doctor said that's when I'll be considered cancer-free.
4: There are no emergency rooms in the 60-mile stretch between Merced and Fresno, leaving thousands of people like Guzman to either delay medical care or skip it altogether. Local organizations have been trying to help the community find medical resources. Fidelina Espinosa from the nonprofit Binational Center for the Development of Oaxacan Indigenous Communities says it's been a challenge. She says that because the closure came as a surprise, a lot of people were left without any kind of services. And folks have no other option than to travel to receive treatment. And transportation can be hard to find. For many residents, traveling to a neighboring county is difficult without reliable vehicles or public transit. Some Medi-Cal recipients can get rides to visit a doctor either through bus passes or taxi vouchers. Guzman called those services to take her to appointments in Merced County, but she says they've been unreliable. She's already missed three appointments this month because her rides get canceled at the last minute. Calviva Health, which provides these services, did not immediately respond to KVPR's request for comment. Recently, Guzman feels her pain returning, and she's worried about what the symptoms could mean. I know
2: that i felt this pain before. It's in my chest, all the way down my back.
4: The last time I felt this was when the doctor found cancer. County officials and hospital staff have spent nearly three months searching for ways to get the hospital back up and running. For people like Guzman, the wait is excruciating. Porque sí, que tenemos esta
5: el servicio del hospital.
2: There's so many people here who are in a similar
4: situation. We need a hospital in Madeira. A mere two miles from Guzmán's apartment, the empty hospital sits dark and silent. For the California Report, I'm Esther Quintanilla in Madeira.
3: Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Stanford Healthcare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now's the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health on the web at 11thHourRacing.org.
1: Did you know Women's History Month started as Women's History Week? And it was pioneered by a task force right here in California. In 1978, the task force, led by Molly Murphy McGregor, a local teacher in Santa Rosa, executed the first Women's History Week in the country to correspond with International Women's Day on March 8th. In 1980, women's groups across the country lobbied for national recognition, leading President Jimmy Carter to declare the week of March 8, 1980, as National Women's History Week. And seven years later, Congress designated March as Women's History Month. And that's the California Report for Monday, March 6th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.
0: In the 60s, Lake County and Montana agreed to provide law enforcement to the Flathead Reservation. But county officials have now pulled out, saying taxpayers can no longer foot the bill. Up ahead on National Native News, details on a new state law that seeks to negotiate law enforcement funding on the reservation.
2: This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. Commemorations were held in Honduras over the weekend to mark seven years since the assassination of Goldman Prize-winning environmental and indigenous rights activist Berta Cáceres. Maria Martin reports that though there have been some convictions in her death, her supporters say the intellectual
3: authors of her murder are still at large. Berta Cáceres had fought for the rights of the indigenous Lenca people of Honduras.
4: No es un crimen defender nuestros propios derechos
3: como pueblos indígenas. It's no crime to defend our rights as indigenous people, Caceres stated before her death, as she fought to stop a hydroelectric dam project she said would disrupt the water and food supply in Lenca communities. En ellos vive el in Lenca tradition, she said, the rivers are the home of the mother spirit and must be protected. The former head of a Honduran construction company building the controversial dam, Caceres said, opposed was found guilty last year of collaborating in her 2016 murder. Roberto Castillo was also alleged to have hired seven hitmen previously sentenced for her killing. But Berta Caceres' family and supporters say the intellectual authors of her murder are some of Honduras' most untouchable families and remain outside the law and that seven years after her murder, Honduran environmental activists remain targets. At least four have been killed this year alone. For National Native News, i Martin.
2: A bill that would require Montana to pay for the cost of law enforcement services on the Flathead Reservation recently passed through the state Senate. Montana Public Radio's Aaron Bolton reports.
5: In the 1960s, Lake County agreed to provide law enforcement services on the behalf of the state across the Flathead Reservation, but county officials earlier this year pulled out of that agreement, saying county taxpayers can no longer foot the bill estimated at nearly $5 million annually. Senate Bill 127 would require the state to negotiate funding for law enforcement on the reservation with Lake County every other year. If the parties do not come to an agreement, the state would then be responsible for law enforcement services. Lake County commissioners and officials spoke in favor of the bill last month. They say it would be more costly for the state to hire officers and build local infrastructure than to pay the county to do the work. The legislature passed a bill last session paving the way for the state to pay Lake County for its law enforcement services, but did not appropriate any funds. The bill requiring the state to fund those services now moves to the House for consideration. In Columbia Falls, I'm Aaron Bolton.
2: The Chickasaw Nation's Cultural Center is hosting a film festival on Saturday in Sulphur, Oklahoma, to celebrate cultural renaissance through indigenous cinema. Fran Parchcorn is the Chickasaw Cultural Center's executive
3: officer. The film festival is important because it allows us to carry on a form of storytelling, uh, which is important in first American traditions. We're celebrating and uplifting Native filmmakers who are working to preserve our culture. The goal of the Hope of Saatchi Native Film Festival has always been to promote the art of first American cinema through cultural awareness, using mass media.
2: Four short documentaries will be showcased, two feature-length documentaries, and the headlining film Montford, the Chickasaw Rancher. Panel discussions and and question-and-answer sessions with Indigenous filmmakers will follow the screenings. I'm Antonia Gonzalez.
6: National
5: Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation, with funding by the Corporation
6: for Public Broadcasting. Support by Ramona Farms, offering wholesome and delicious foods from our heirloom crops as our contribution to a better diet for the benefit of all people. We are honored to share our centuries-old farming and culinary traditions online at RamonaFarms.com. Support by Sonosky Chambers Law, championing tribal sovereignty and Native American rights since 1976, from opioids litigation to treaty rights to tribal self-governance, with offices in Washington, D.C., New Mexico, California, and Alaska. Sonosky Chambers Law. Native Voice
5: 1, the Native American Radio Network.
0: Let's take a look at your local news. Nevada County Superintendent of Schools has announced all schools plan to be open tomorrow, Tuesday, March 7th, including Union Hill. They direct you to school websites for affected bus routes. Nevada County's Winter Storm Updates webpage says all waste management routes are being serviced this week. However, many are having to contend with huge snow berms where their trash bins would normally be collected. If you're unsure what to do in this situation, you can call 530-274-3090. Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. There you'll be connected with Nevada County's Waste Management Customer Service. Once again, that's 530 274 3090. On Saturday, March 4th, the day following In Concert Sierra's closing of escrow on their new 41,000 square foot Whispering Pines Business Park building, the structure suffered a partial roof collapse. Around 2,400 square feet or 5% of the roof area caved in during the night. No one was in the building during the time of the collapse and no injuries have been reported as a result of the roof's failure. According to the organization, the structure has been secured and the city, county, and contractors have been notified. The building is known as the Crown Point Events Complex and will include an acoustic concert hall, black box theater, and conference center. Let's take a look at your local forecast from the National Weather Service. An active weather pattern traveling through the area until Wednesday will keep numerous showers over the foothills and mountains and low elevation snow. A storm system late in the week will bring higher elevation snow, raising the snow levels above the foothills. Be aware that local creeks and rivers will rise due to rain and snowmelt. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, Tonight, rain and snow showers becoming all snow after 7 p.m. with a low around 30 degrees. There's potential for some thunder. New snow accumulation of 3 to 5 inches is possible. Tuesday, snow showers before 4 p.m., then rain and snow with a high near 40 degrees. Tuesday has an 80% chance of precipitation. New snow accumulation of less than 1 inch is possible. Tuesday night, we'll see snow showers with heavy snow showers at times and a low around 30 degrees. New snow accumulation of three to seven inches is possible for Tuesday night. The Grass Valley, Nevada City area is still under a winter storm warning in effect until 4 p.m. Tuesday. There's a possibility of one to three feet of snow for those at elevations above 3,000 feet. For those at elevations of 1,500 to 2,000 feet, the National Weather Service says one to two inches of snow is more likely. A reminder that travel could be very difficult to impossible, If you absolutely must drive someplace, you can find out the latest road conditions by calling 511 or by visiting Caltrans at quickmap.dot.ca.gov. The National Weather Service also recommends keeping an extra flashlight, food, and water in your vehicle in case of an emergency. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight snow showers with a low around 13 degrees. New snow accumulation of one to three inches is possible. Tuesday, partly sunny with a high near 27 degrees. Snow showers are likely mainly after 5 p.m. New snow accumulation of less than 1 inch is possible. Tuesday night sees snow showers with a low around 14 degrees. New snow accumulation of 1 to 3 inches is possible for Tuesday night. The National Weather Service warns of additional winter weather and travel difficulties this week. Periods of snow showers will continue through Wednesday. Snowfall will be most prevalent in the Sierra, The weather will be variable for lower elevations. It may be sunny one minute and snowing the next. Temperatures will remain well below normal the next several days, with wind chills dropping as low as negative 25 degrees in the Sierra backcountry overnight. And in Sacramento and Woodland, mostly cloudy with a low around 39 degrees. Tuesday, a slight chance of showers before 7 a.m. and after 5 p.m. Partly sunny with a high near 54 degrees. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. 3 p.m. KBMR broadcasts the second winter storm response press conference. In case you weren't able to catch that, we have audio from the broadcast. Up ahead, you'll hear first from Jim Miller, Race Communications Vice President of Sales and Marketing. Then Brandon Sanders, who's with Pacific Gas and Electric Sierra Division, and Western Propane Gas Association representative Dave Sarantopoulos. And if you do have access to internet, You can listen to the full version of the press conference at kvmr.org. Kelly Reese from KVMR Radio. I have a question for Jim Miller from Race Communications. Um, The Race Communications webpage states that they utilize existing utilities infrastructure instead of trenching underground because it's often most cost-effective because... This existing above-ground infrastructure is prone to fail during emergencies, which circumstances when communication with the outside world is of the utmost importance. Was there ever discussion of trying to figure out a way to trench underground utilities?
6: Absolutely. Um, Just like other utility companies in this region, there is a cost consideration and the environment consideration, meaning the, the rock and so forth that's in the In the soils up here and so what we did in this project is we followed the traditional utilities so if pg was above ground we were above ground if they were underground we were underground the county also has a one trench that they're passing or i believe you guys just passed and so in the future if there's open trenches then race as a utility company will look to go into those trenches for new subdivisions and so forth
0: um for brandon sanders um, last year, with the large winter storm, pg e distributed firewood for people without um, power. Is pg e doing something similar currently?
5: Um, yeah, so it's a good question. We've, got, we've fielded that question, and the answer is no, we're not going to be doing that. Uh, there's a number of reasons. Um, one, that we found last year people were coming to pick up firewood and then selling it on Craigslist, which is not cool. And uh, another thing is... Um, just not really our role as a company, you know, we're focused on providing dual commodity utility service to customers. Um, So, and then, yes, the answer is essentially no, is partly because people were using it for their own personal benefit. And um, logistically, I think a lot of folks who were operating in that space would agree, logistically, it was very challenging to manage. Um, So yeah, we're not gonna be doing
0: that. Um, This one's for Dave Sarantopoulos. Is there anything customers can do to expedite their propane deliveries?
6: Well, um, outside of the obvious, which is order early, um, the ones that are faced with the crisis now or the critical delivery now, um, the best thing they can do is to ensure that there is um, access, and it has to be access that a, a large truck could could navigate, not just a small vehicle, um, with their their own driveways, any private road issues that they may have. And then uh, it is the customer's responsibility to to ensure that the driver has access to the tank itself as well. So it may mean digging out a tank or having a tank dug out. Um, the propane marketers don't, don't have the manpower to be able to do the, the digging of the tanks um, in addition to making the deliveries.
0: That's our newscast for Monday, March 6th. Visit us online at kvmr.org and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. KVMR gets support from generous listeners like you and A to Z Hardware Supply and Garden Center, locally owned since 1984, offering household construction essentials, plus April's Garden, a memorial lawn and garden nursery for all seasons with beekeeping and canning supplies. Ridge Road Grass Valley, a to Z Supply.com. And MEC Builds, Nevada County roofing contractor with over 20 years of experience, providing complete roofing services, gutter products, sun tunnels, and skylights. The showroom is at 316 Colfax Avenue in Grass Valley, mecbuilds.com. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza. As always, thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off.